Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the next episode. What the crap number are we? 259. 259. That's a lot. Well, you know, and our, our style's changed a bit, but I don't have all my voice. I'm about to, to, to leave and go shoot my TV show, so I don't want to waste my voice in a real quick segment here about new music. But coming up after this segment... but. Back in the good old days when I had my voice, uh, I got a good talk with Tracy Lawrence coming up and then got a, a game with Adam Hambrick as we play um, music trivia versus the musician. So those are both coming up. Eddie's in here right now, too. Yeah. Uh, here we go. These are my top five picks that you should check out this week in music at number five. And I haven't even spent time listening to the whole thing, but it's Bill and Ted Face the Music, the soundtrack. Oh. Just because I'm looking forward to this movie coming out so much. Keanu Reeves, love. Bill and Ted, the movie, love. And it probably won't even be that good, but I'll love it anyway because I'm just so invested. It's my favorite movie as a kid. This soundtrack, does it have, like, uh, other artists? Weezer. Nice. Wild Stallion. You know who Wild <laughs> Stallion is, right? Yeah, them yeah. too. Wild Stallion. Um, Lamb of God and more. But I, uh, I'll play you a clip of the song from Weezer. Mike, tell me what song this is. Beginning of the End. Beginning of the End. Here you go, from Weezer. At number four this week, it's a song. Songwriter Luke Laird released a song of his, which is weird because he's mostly a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And I know Luke pretty well. I actually put this on my Instagram yesterday. By the way, Luke Laird is a Grammy-winning songwriter written for Casey and Eric Church, Miranda Lambert. He's been on the podcast. You can hear his whole story back on episode number 52. Really great episode if you want to go check out Luke Laird. He used to work with a lot of rappers too, which is cool. So, but... He's written 24 number ones. He'll release his debut album as a solo artist on September 18th. And this is a, a, a real like biographical song called Music Row. Now, 
song at the beginning, like him. He came to town on vacation, met Tony Rada at the Bluebird. Mm. The whole it's it's an interesting song, and I love Luke Laird. So that's my number four pick this week. Hey, that sounds cool too. I like the sound of that. Yeah, he's got a good groove. Like he's really, I like I'm, stylistically. I like him as yeah. a producer, yeah, as a writer. Okay, that's number four. Number three this week on my list is Granger Smith. He has two new songs out. He's announced he's releasing his 10th studio album called Country Things Volume 1. Here's a new song called Hate You Like I Love You. I'm just trying to hate you like I love you, not want you like I need you, forget you like I miss you. All of the time I'm just trying to let go like I hold tight, tell myself a bad lie, whatever I gotta do. Girl, I'm just trying to hate you like I love you. Love, Granger. Yeah. Got a cool sound. At number two, Tennille Towns, one of my favorite new artists. She's still new. Yeah. She's still yeah, new. Yeah, she's still new. Uh, she has a cover of Hallelujah, which is one of my favorite songs, too. The Jeff Buckley, Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah? Depending on how cool you are. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that song. Me so too. So I know the history of it. Yeah, because really cool people know that are, are Leonard Cohen fans. Yeah. I'm not cool enough to be a Leonard Cohen fan. Are you cool enough to be the Jeff Buckley fan? Yeah, I'm, yeah. of that version of that song. And also his story, you learn that he went swimming one night in the river and never came out. Such a mystery, the Mississippi River. So weird. People say, yeah, he's just that kind of person. Some people were like, he would never do something like that. Yeah, but she put out her cover, and she's so soulful. And uh, this is Tennille Towns and Hallelujah. One is obviously Chris Stapleton. He has a new song out called Starting Over. Um, new album coming out November 11th. Here you go. Uh, honorable mention, Rustin Kelly has a new album out called Shape and Destroy. Here's a new song called Radio Cloud. Some other interesting music releases. Metallica and the San Francisco Symphony put out a live album. Okay. If you like Metallica. And cool. Yeah. Uh, Katy Perry has a new album out called Smile. Dua Lipa put out a club remix of Club Future Nostalgia. Need to Breathe has, and they, man, that Need to Breathe guy can sing. Holy mother. Really? I've never, I've never this, heard. So I know their music, but listen to their live albums. I mean, he just goes off. Really? Yeah. They have a new album out called Out of Body, which I haven't heard yet. I'll check that out today. A Coulter Wall, Molly Tuttle, and Ryan Griffin has a new EP called Name on It. Do you know Ryan Griffin? No, I don't. You didn't know him from back in the ME days? Mm-mm. We used to do a TV show down there. Um, Coed and Cambria wrote a sequel to Jesse's Girl. Nice. They're the alternative yeah, I like guys, those guys in music news this week. Rick Springfield is in the video, so they wrote the sequel. It's called Jesse's Girl 2. It turns out the narrator <laughs> did get Jesse's Girl. There we go. <laughs> but now he regrets it because she's nuts. Yeah. Rick even appears in the video. Here's a clip of the song. Pretty funny, huh? She's out of her mind. 
By the way, here's the hook of the original, Jesse's Girl. And again, Rick Springfield's in the video. Yeah. Like this. yeah. It's karma, though, man. He stole his best friend's girl. What you get? <laughs> yeah, now she's crazy. That's what you get. Other music news, Reba is releasing another classic concert on YouTube. So uh, 29 years ago, um, she said that because a lot of these are that plane crash happened. She lost a bunch of her friends. Yes. That happened 29 years ago. Wow. And a lot of them are in this concert. Wow. The first set of performers, I guess, and the second have been announced for ACMs. It's all the normal people. Yeah. I haven't seen, The only difference is that I like about this ACM, and there's a difference between ACM and CMA, ACMs first, is they're doing it from three places, the Ryman, the Opry House, and the Bluebird. And at the Bluebird, the songwriters are playing with the artists. That's cool. So it's Miranda Lambert, Natalie Hemby, and Luke Dick, I think, wrote uh, Bluebird, and they're going to play it together in the Bluebird, like in the round. Where That's really cool. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. And it also is cool because it's pandemic award show, but you're yeah. popping venues. Yeah, and I love that songwriters get a little spotlight in this one. Yep. Um, Sam Hunt and Brett Young set for the Red Rocks Virtual Concert Series. Let's see. Anything else? Oh, John Lennon's killer was denied his parole again. You see that? No. For his 11th time. Mark David Chapman, the man who murdered John Lennon, his request for parole was once again rejected. Yeah, he can't let him out. He's getting pretty old. Yeah, but that's a big murder, man. High high profile. (laughs) Can't really. I mean, you let him out, then the attention starts going the wrong way. Yeah. There you go. And uh, that's what's happened in the news. Enjoy today's music podcast. Sorry, it's a little shorter than normal, but you can hear why. All right, see you guys. Hey, Tracy. Good morning, brother. How are you? I'm pretty good. How you doing? Can't complain, man. You know, I guess a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if you run your own Twitter account or not, but I was, and kind of what inspired me to reach out to you again, because I've seen you pretty recently, but um, I was listening to Pay Me a Birmingham, and there's that key change, right, in that double chorus. And I was like, man, this thing still hits hard. Like, when you go up a key, I'm just like, holy crap. So I, I was thinking about that song, and I was like, yeah, I hadn't talked to Tracy in a while. I kind of wanted to catch up a little bit. So first of all, I appreciate you coming on. Second of all, when I started to look up Pay Me a Birmingham, I realized it peaked at number four. It wasn't even a number one song. No, it wasn't. It was, and probably, you know, other than Time March's own, Birmingham's probably the biggest impact record that I had. And it was, I mean, it it. it it barely got top five, man. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it says it peaked at four in this chart, but why is that? Like, what What at that point kept it from hitting one? Was it, were, were radio people going, ah, bad research? Or what, what were they saying? I, you know, uh, I was on DreamWorks at the time, and DreamWorks had a lot of momentum. It was a big record. I, I don't know if they just had fought it as long as they wanted to fight it and let it go. I mean, I, I don't know. That was... You know, that was Scott Borchetta's deal back at the time. But I I, I, I thought it, even though it didn't go number one, that song has been just as impactful, if not bigger than most of the number one records that I've had over the years. I mean, I close the show with it every night, and it brings the house down. Yeah, I mean, it brings the house down when I'm streaming it. I mean, and that's just my house. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm still, uh, well, I, I a couple things I want to talk to you about for a second. You know, we're, we're going through this you know, renaissance again from back when I was a kid in the 90s and a teenager and, you know, when, you know, you had a ton of your early success. Why in the world do you think we're looking back at the 90s now as, like, the beloved decade for country music? I think it was just such a great, it, it was really a magical time for country music, man. There was the that young country energy that had swept the country. You know, in 89, it all started in 89 with Garth Brooks and Clint Black 
and and uh, Travis Tritt and Alan Jackson and Mark Chestnut. That was the beginning of it, and that explosion drove so many of us to come to Nashville. I mean, because of the, by the time we got into the early nineties, it was it was traditional country with an edge to it. And I really think that we're going to look back on the 90s as kind of like what classic rock is to the country these days. It's going to be that music that sustains for a long, long time. There was just something really special about it. You know, with you, and I'm not sure if you were down at SAU or, you know, whenever, but right before you decided to move to Nashville, but what was the thing that kind of pushed you over the edge where it's like, all right, crap, I got to go. Like, I can't do it if I don't. I had uh, I had left SAU. I did two and a half years at SAU, and I'd, I'd gone back into the workforce for a little bit. I wound up moving to Louisiana, and I was um, I was playing in a circuit band and doing just odd jobs down there. I was living in Ruston, Louisiana at the time, and I had re-enrolled in, in uh, Ruston in Louisiana Tech there at Ruston, and I was supposed to start classes in the fall. I got my Pell Grant approved, and all that stuff was going on. I was going to go back and finish my degree. And all that music from 89 came out, and I was, I was sitting there thinking, you know, if, if I wind up going back to college, I'm never going to go to Nashville. If I'm going to do it, I need to do it now. And I uh, I canceled the gigs, played the last weekend with the band, packed my car up, and came to Tennessee. Okay, so did you have one car? Did you have a trailer? Like, kind of let me see <laughs> let me see what you Dude, moved I here. Crap, I had a piece of crap uh, Toyota Corolla with about 250,000 miles on it. And and the car is still sitting in my pasture right now. The kids have <laughs> shot it full of bullet holes. It's still out there in the pasture. So I had uh, I played my last gig in Spring Hill, Louisiana, at Bill's New Country, and they took a collection up at the door to help me get to Nashville. And I think I had seven hundred dollars in my pocket in a beat up old car, and that is all I had except what I could pack in that car. So what kind of place do you move into? What kind of place did you move into when you got here? You know, uh, there was a guy from back home, and I called his mom on the way up here. Now, I'd never been to Nashville before, really didn't know anybody. And he let me stay on the couch for a couple of weeks. I wound up getting a job. I got on uh, work with a construction company over in Portland, Tennessee. And I was uh, working on a big warehouse that they were building, hanging metal siding on it. I got my feet on the ground. Every night I would go out and meet the road musicians and the songwriters and everything at all the the, the local watering holes downtown. And I wound up getting room and board with a drummer named Terry Buttram that was actually from Texarkana and wound up staying with him. He he put my my first band together when I got my record deal. Things happened really fast, though, because I got to town in September of 1990. By December, I was on a show called Live at Libby's over in Daysville, Kentucky. That was an Opry-style show that broadcast back into Nashville on one of the Kentucky radio stations every Saturday night. Some executives from Atlantic Records had come to that show in December to see somebody else, and they liked me better. I did a showcase in January at the Bluebird Cafe, which is where I met Rip Blackburn. They agreed to sign me. In May of 91, I cut sticks and stones and had three number one records and a top five off of it. Insane. Insane. Here's Sticks and Stones. Let me play a little bit of Sticks and Stones. I know every word of this song. When you were in school, Tracy, were you the music guy? Were you the guy that always had a guitar beating around, or did your friends even know? Oh that yeah, you were? I was. The, I was the guy that John Belushi would have taken it out of my hands and bashed it against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> When you were in yeah, high school. I went to church camp, man. I, I had a 12-string guitar, dude. Oh, yeah, I did come by y'all, all that stuff. So at church, because, listen, we've, there was always church camp, and I went to uh, Spring Lake Church Camp every year, and there was always one cool kid that could play guitar. And for, for me, whenever I was a kid, it was mostly 
uh, Oasis, Wonderwall. They could always play that. They could play a couple Garth songs, and that was about it. But it, were you that kid? You know, I was. Uh, I, I could play quite a bit. Uh, uh, most of my stuff was like real traditional country. I, I, I was really big time into George Strait and Merle Haggard. Those were my two guys. Of course, uh, you had guys like uh, Randy Travis that came out in the early 80s, so I would play on the other hand and, and 1982 and that kind of stuff. So there was a whole lot of music from that era that were more of the baritone singers that I just absolutely fell in love with. And most of it was pretty straightforward stuff. I mean, we didn't get really into intricate chord changes and stuff till you got into more of the pop country. So most of it was pretty straightforward. You know, three or four chords, it was pretty easy. In a few minutes, I'm going to ask you about, you know, Made in America, your, your latest record, and, you know, doing your own record label, and because that's always so interesting to me. But I want to hit, hit a couple songs real quick because uh, Can't Break It to My Heart was me, my teenage anthem. Like, I hear this song, you know how you hear a song, and for me, it puts me back in central Arkansas. 13 years old, listening to Kiss in 96, hearing this song right here. Do you hear songs still in your life that put you back in those spots? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, a lot, especially a lot, a lot of the stuff from the early 80s, you know, uh, because that was such a developmental time for me. You know, from the time I was, you know, a preteen, early teen, 12, 13, 14 years old, all that music had such a big impact on me. Uh, because I was really, it, it was it was forming part of my identity because it was becoming a big part of who I was because everything to me revolved around music, you know, from from going to junior high prom to to you know you know and not even just country stuff. The way, uh, Purple Rain was like our theme song for the prom. I graduated in '86, so all that music that came through, I hear Van Halen songs and they remind me of my buddy, my running buddy had a '69 Chevelle and. We, I mean, we listened to a lot of Van Halen during the summer. So all, all those songs, man, they bring back those great memories. You know, at this point in my career, because I just turned 40, so I, now I have people going, hey, I used to listen to you when I was like eight years old. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little older. It's got to be wild, too, when you're out and there's like a, you know, a 25-year-old that's like, man, I, Tr- Tracy Lawrence, I was listening to you when I was like four. That's got to be crazy, right? <laughs> Uh, my favorite twin, man. My grandmother loves you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I've seen the highs and lows of the business, and and I really have learned to take it all in stride, man. Just just to kind of still be somewhat relevant and and have a fan base out there that allows me to work. I'm I'm so appreciative of it. I don't think I understood. You know, you, you get inside the bubble when your career takes off and you're focused on all that and you got all the people around you and you got your bubble and all that. You know, you lose perspective of just how special it is because it's something that very few people get to do. They don't get to take that journey. They don't get to feel the ride and the, the emotions of feeling a, a record go up the chart and seeing the impact that it has on the public and the way that it changes the crowd. And, you know, it's just it's, it's like getting on top of a wave is the only way to describe it. It's like riding, riding the top of a wave on a surfboard, you know, and and the ultimate goal is to try to sustain that ride as long as you can, you know. What wave was the biggest and hardest? Like you put out, was it Time Marches On? Was it Texas Tornado where you put it out and it's like, holy crap, hold on, because here we go. Man, there were several of them. I mean, uh, that initial first wave when Sticks and Stones took off, man, it was life-changing for me. Uh, and, and I remember hearing, hearing Six of Stones in the car radio for the first time and just the chills that it gave me, I literally had to pull over the side of the road and sit there and freaking cry, you know, but then, then you come back with, with alibis. Alibis was a massive, massive hit back in 93. 
And then, I mean, so they, they, there's just something powerful about the way that those records impacted back then. And I, I don't, I guess, I guess songs still impact that way for, for artists nowadays. But back then it was, you could feel the ground shake underneath your feet. And as a, as a record would move up the charts, you know, it, it had a, a feel to it when it hit top 40. And then by the time it got top 20 and top 10, it got more intense. Just the way the fans would sing the song back to you. By the time a record got top five into number one it was you could feel the ground move underneath your feet there was no there's no other way to describe it you know when you put out the album last year made in america uh you know it's your your latest record and i'm, I'm curious as because you have such a distinct sound that people know you for like how do you walk that fine line of because we all grow as people as artists you know we don't want to be the same person we were 20 years ago but how do you grow but still stay the same when you're making new music but people know you from again sticks and stones and alibis and if the good die young this album was really different in a lot of ways because I'd never written as much for a record. This album, I wrote like eight of the 12 tracks on it. Three of the other tracks came from songwriters in my publishing company, stuff that I'd known for a while. So they basically all but one song came out of my camp. The one song that didn't is a Stapleton Sean Camp song called Giving Mama Reasons to Pray. And, and I, you know, I know this sounds crazy, but I really always lacked self-confidence in my own songwriting. I've, I've had it. Can't Break It was one that I wrote. Front Porch was one that I wrote. Stars Over Texas I wrote. But 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 I'd always tried to beat my own songs out with things I found from other publishing companies. As I was looking for material for this record, I just couldn't find what I was looking for, and I wound up really just knuckling down and writing this record, and I'd never forced myself to do that before. And I think... Uh, I think it finally shined through. I think I, I cut a record that I'm really proud of from top to bottom, more so than, than I have been any of them in the last several years. And, and it's, I, I just felt more of a connection to it, and I felt like I delivered it better than I had anything else in a long time. Yeah, you guys check out Made in America. Uh, your own record label, what kind of responsibility is that now? You know, it's not too bad. It's it's basically just an imprint. We've got a distribution company with the Orchard, and they take care of so much of the other stuff. So basically, I'm I'm really hands on during the recording process. You know, uh, you know the the way we market things through social media and with with secondary radio and and uh, uh, with streaming platforms is really different nowadays. So, you know, I'm involved in what's going on, but I got a great management company that takes care of most of it. So it's it's. It's nothing like when we were on a major and we were out doing radio tours and working radio all the time. It's it's a whole different thing. It's much more laid back these days. All right. Well, let me end with this question. If you look back at all your trophies or plaques or uh, different souvenirs, like what is it that you have that you look at and you go, man, I look at that. It reminds me of something awesome and it means the most to me. Oh, wow. You know, I, I, I know this is going to sound strange to a lot of people. Um, when my wife and I started our family, my wife and I have been together 22 years. We have a daughter that's a sophomore in college, one that's a senior this year. And when we started our family, we made the conscious decision that they, we didn't want them to try to keep up with what I had accomplished and the things that I'd done in my life. There are no platinum records on my walls, no gold records. There are no trophy mantles, no trophy cases. I've got a collection of NFL football helmets signed by all these different people, sports memorabilia and stuff. But as far as the trophies and things from me, they're they're not displayed in my home. Nice. Who's your favorite? What's your team? Who's your NFL team? You know, uh, I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, I, I still have a lot of friends in Dallas. I'm very connected to that program. 
but you know we're here in Tennessee. We got to support our Titans, uh, and I, I'm anxious for football to start back this year. I hope we're going to have somewhat of some normalcy with some football coming back. You know, just have to wait and see. It's been a crazy year, man. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Tracy, you know I love you. Uh, follow at the real Tracy Lawrence. Just such a big fan of your music, and then even as a person now, you just you continue to grow and do things for the community and make music, and you know I admire that. So thank you for your time, and thanks for just uh, being around town, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Have right, a there good is. day. See you, Tracy. Take care. Bye-bye. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or you like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. All right, being joined in the house by our champion, Adam Hambrick. Music trivia against the musician. I got a little bit of a uh, sinus thing happening. 
Not Corona. I got another test this morning. Negative. I Good. get Corona tested more than anybody I know. Just different jobs. Your nose used to it yet? I don't always do my nose. Okay. The one I do for Nat Geo spit. Ooh. And so, but they it's got a, those fancy NBA tests. Well, it's an awkward amount of spit too. It's it's you spit more and more, and then eventually you run out, and they don't want you to drink water. Oh wow. Okay, that's news. That's so, news to me. But yeah, it's a little easier. But I tell you, you know, I, I took a nose one two days ago because I'm doing iHeart Festival. I'm, I'm doing some host stuff there. Yep. But anyone that comes on set had to get tested with this test. But I actually like doing it to myself with the nose more than I like when they did it to my nose. Okay, that's interesting. I have not heard of anybody doing that. Because, that must be special privileges. Well, they mail it to you. A lot of these tests now are just mail. You know, unless you really? go. Any test I take now is through the mail. They come, I put them in a biohazard bag when I'm done, and then in a box, and in another bag, Dude, overnight. You're, you're Rona test pro over here. I've probably done 20 so far. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I don't have corona. Um, Good for you. But you're back at the scene of the crime. Hey, Mike, Adam and I were playing basketball. Yeah. <laughs> last Saturday, I think. Yeah. <laughs> there was a small group of us here playing uh, knockout. And there were Adam had shot and somebody else had shot, and they both threw a ball at me at the same time. One was coming to my nuts, one was coming to my face. <laughs> I just instinctually cover my nuts, and, okay. and Adam's ball went right in my face. Us. Man, right in the nose, and there's like it wasn't. <laughs> it hurt because anytime you get hit in the nose, yeah, that, is that not, sucks. Man, that is not fun. That's not fun. I, dude, I saw it. It it happened in slow motion. Like the ball left my hands, and then you turned toward the ball that was headed, headed towards your nuts, and and then you saw my ball coming out the corner, <laughs> and you turned right into it. And my like, I buried my face in my hands. I was like, no, I just ruined Bobby's career. Now nobody's gonna want to have him on TV anymore. He's <laughs> messed up nose. <laughs> And, uh, All good. I just got I got a little gash on the side of my nose, but it's mostly even healed now. <laughs> good, good. Adam's mom texted me and was like, "Hey, I saw Bobby was injured uh, when you were playing basketball. You didn't do that, did you?" She said, "That's what I was afraid of." Uh, to be fair, too, Adam's a pretty good ball player. We had how many people? Nine playing. Nine people. Yeah. Um, and you finished second. <laughs> finished second. Yeah. We won't, but, we won't worry who number yeah. one. Was. <laughs> you buried a shot on it's me, me. <laughs> like from, from the corner. Is me. It was so clutch. And we played. It's a lot. I mean, it's... We, we, how many? It, 20 games We ended up playing like 20 games. It's the first person to win five games. My, my calf, it, like, I did something to my calf. I, I haven't been right since. I'm just like an old man over here just hobbling around. Blisters for me. <clears throat> Blisters? All right. Yeah, that would be... I was wearing a different kind of shoe that I usually play when I play basketball. Mm. I got a little blister. But Adam's here because we're going to do, again, the music game, and he is... Are you 2-0? I'm 2-0. Okay, and so... Spin in the crown. Uh, Mike, you have who, who have you brought on today to play Madden? We got Matt. Matt. Matt from Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Matt, Matt, are you there? I'm I'm here. I'm happy to be here. Matt, what's up, dude? That Adam? That's me. That's Adam. All right. Good luck, sir. <laughs> he's already right <laughs> he's, to the game. He's already no he's ready to go. Talk. He he's wants ready to, to go. By the way, he's on Twitter <clears throat> at MusicNutMatt. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like uh, Matt's here to play. Is this a ringer, Mike? Uh, he's been tweeting at us saying yeah. he could beat Adam. So I was like, all right, we'll get you on. Let's see if you can do it. Hey, Matt in Minneapolis, what's your specialty in music? Uh, definitely country, uh, 80s and 90s in the day, uh, oldie, Beatles, kind of classic rock. And, you know, throwing some Michael Bolton and Barry Manilow. And I'm Why, not? Why not? <laughs> Why exactly. not? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, good luck. Adam is 2-0. and If you win, I, I Venmo you 50 bucks. Isn't that the rule? Yep. Okay. If you lose, Adam gets to promote anything he wants. A friend, himself, who cares? I, I started selling ads. This week, it's uh, Hellman's Mayonnaise. 
Okay, nice. He's out <laughs> hustling his own. That's funny. Okay, here we go. Uh, first up, we're going to go to Minneapolis, Matt. You're going to have five questions, Matt, and we'll see how, many, how you do. Adam, I have five different questions. I haven't read them beforehand, so I, and Mike didn't know who I was going to first. Nope. So all random. Minneapolis, Matt, are you ready? I'm ready. In 1980, which country legend had a number one hit with He Stopped Loving Her Today? That would be the possum, Mr. George Jones. All right. And he used the nickname, so you know he knows what he's talking he's, about. Yeah, he's, he's real. He's real. All right, Matt. What's the name of Garth Brooks' first album? His first album is self-titled Garth Brooks. That is correct. You may be in trouble. Yeah, I'm in trouble, man. Hey, Matt, what's Elvis' middle name? Aaron. Correct. <laughs> and just so people don't go, well, they're Googling them. We give them five seconds. You, you got to be pretty quick on the Google to get to yeah. the five seconds. Uh, here we go. This is a tough one. Your question four, so it's a tough one. What country artist's first number one single was Don't Come Home a Drinkin'? That's a tough one. I... I... Oh, no. I mean, Pam Tillis. Incorrect. You can't steal Adam, but you can guess. Do you is know? it Loretta Lynn? It is Loretta Lynn. Right. Boom. Wow. All right. Here we go. According to the lyrics of Khalees Milkshake, where does her milkshake bring all the boys? Bring uh, it to the yard. To the yard is correct. <laughs> He got four out of five. Four that, out of five. That's, that's a tightrope to walk, man. That's a tightrope. That is strong. Matt, right, Matt's been Matt's been talking talking trash on Twitter since since uh, since day one when I won. He's like, I could take Adam down. Oh, you recognize yeah. him using that? Matt. Yeah, I, I met Matt. Uh, where was Adam it? And I've actually met before. We we met in in Minneapolis at, when I was on radio tour. Radio tour, yeah. My man, Matt. What do you do? He's like, I work for Billboard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have friends that work in radio. Yes. But uh, I do not work in the industry, but I uh, work uh, in the golf industry. And so when did you start being a music nerd and decide to go with the name Music Nut Matt? I was kind of like senior year in college, so like 2006, 2007. Do you play any instrument or are you just a big lover of it? Uh, I mean, I own instruments. Whether yeah. I, you say I play them would be a, a, a different question. <laughs> you sound about like me. All right. Uh, Adam, you have five questions. Here we go. We'll start off with a pretty easy one. Great. What artist teamed up with Brad Paisley on the song Whiskey Lullaby? That would be Allison Krauss. Correct. I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous. What Norwegian pop synth group released the 1984 song Take On Me? Aha. Aha is correct. Aha. Wow. Felt good about that. That made me feel good. Which hip-hop duo was responsible for the line, shake it like a Polaroid picture. That would be Outkast. Correct. Wow. What was the name of Johnny Cash's backing band throughout his career? Oh, Adam's got his hands on his face. This is a tough one. This number four oh, spot's man. always a tough spot. What was the name of Johnny Cash's backing band throughout his career? Oh, the Rembrandts. Incorrect. Oh, no. Would have accepted either the Tennessee Three or the Tennessee Two. Oh, man. You must get this to tie. Oh, come on. The category is 
70s. Oh, man. That was a little before my time. We're going give it, to give it a go, though. Which group wrote most of the songs for the movie Saturday Night Fever? Oh, the Bee Gees. Correct. We have a tie right now. We're going to go sudden death? We're, we're going to go. Now we go three questions each. Three questions. New, okay. new round, three new questions round. each. Music nut Matt. Now we're <laughs> in a three-question game. Are you ready? Right, let's do this. <laughs> Did you know the Johnny Cash question, Matt? I did not. Once you said it, it kind of you know rang a bell because I remember uh, Justin Timberlake called his band, you know, what the Tennessee Kids. Yeah, and I know it was kind of a harken back to he was a big Johnny Cash guy. So. I admire your honesty too yeah. for going. I didn't know it because easily could have went like, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> and then he could have proved he could have proved it. Be like Tennessee two, Tennessee three. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three questions. We'll start with an easy one, Matt. In 1994, Elton John sang "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." Which Disney movie from the same year featured this song? The Lion King. That is correct. Into the alternative world. Uh oh. Who is the lead singer, Matt, of the band Radiohead? Tom York. Correct. Dang. You're killing, Matt. You're you're killing. Yeah. And finally, I, mean, I can't say I listen to much Radiohead. I mean, some alternatives, but I know he's a pretty, you know, prominent name. Your final question: Reginald Kenneth Dwight is better known by what name? Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Elton John. Correct. Whoa. There it is. Wow. Three there for three. Is. I was a little surprised you did two Elton John questions. That's why I did it, because I thought you would be surprised. <laughs> That's exactly why yeah. I did it. Okay. All Adam, right, you got to go three for three. Yeah. All right. Adam, Sinead O'Connor had a hit in 1990 with Nothing Compares to You. Mm -hmm. She did not write it. What famous music star wrote it? Oh, he's struggling. This could be the end of it right here. Is it Babyface? Incorrect. <laughs> Matt, do you know it? Of course, because it's from my, well, my home state. Uh, oh, Prince. Oh, Prince. man. That is correct. There Let's see is. if you would have hit these other two. Which, there it is. Which band sing? It's the final countdown. Oh. Go ahead and buzz me, man. You suck at this round. It's Europe. Europe. Yeah. Europe. And then finally... I can, see the, I can see the the album art, but I couldn't remember who the band was. What was the name of David Bowie's, David Bowie's alter ego? David Bowie. Alter Ziggy, ego. Ziggy Stardust. Correct. There yeah. you go. Oh, man. Matt, you know... You've unseated you, you won. You won. And, and I don't have any excuses. You played like a champion. Hey, it was a... Uh, uh, Battle. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I was never <laughs> going to win today. You, it, you it showed up ready to rock. It went to overtime. <laughs> hey, listen, Matt, I'm going to send you 50 bucks on your Venmo. I'm going to get your Venmo name from Mike. And it's always weird when you got to Venmo somebody that you have no friends with because it gives you like that. Are you are sure? You, are you sure? <laughs> like, this guy could be a criminal. Are you sure you want to give him your money? And so, uh, but I'm going to send you 50 bucks. I appreciate you uh, coming on and dominating. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. We'll do like a tournament of champions sometime, Matt, all right? Oh, that would be uh, fantastic. I uh, listen to the podcast every week and enjoy it all the time all right appreciate you uh talk to you soon absolutely take care all right there is our first ever first caller winner yeah adam is now 0 and 3
Oh, and three. I'm oh, sorry. One and you might as well be on three because <laughs> you've been eliminated. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I mean? Uh, follow Adam at Adam Hambrick. You don't need official, right? No. no. Yeah. Just find that blue check. You know, Good stuff. At Adam Hambrick. Well, it's been a fun run. It has been a good ride, you know? Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, I'm sorry I can't give Hellman's mayonnaise their plug this week, yeah. but uh, maybe next time. All right, there he is, Adam Hambrick, and uh, thanks again to at Music Nut Matt with one T. All right. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand, in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tecova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tecovis.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tecovis.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.